Adult content intended for an adult audience only as this contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. The content of this story is purely fiction and not intended for anything but the enjoyment of the listener. If you do not agree with the themes listed in the tags, please do not listen to the story. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link in the comments to further support this author. This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. Support us on Patreon to make requests for subjects you would love to hear. Thank you to those who have already reached out. Hollow Pleasure Part 7 by Jackal 54641 Chapter 14 Chris Berger drove to the Connolly Mansion in complete silence. He doubted he would have even heard the radio, had it been on. He was mentally preparing himself for whatever nightmare he was about to walk into. Silent. They had fallen silent. Galloway wasn't answering her phone. And after Quinn's tumbled down the stairs, Chris was beginning to fear that not only was Rob willing to use his powers for his own perverted pleasures, but he was willing to go as far as attempted murder. That was a recipe for disaster. Galloway had just the kind of bold personality that she would confront Rob. Wild animals were the most dangerous when cornered. And if Rob got cornered, what would happen? You fall silent, that's what happened. Chris swallowed. What he was about to walk into would be worse than anything he could have imagined. Basement Robert Bradford had turned the basement into a den of complete debauchery. The air was thick with sweat and lust. The room filled with the sounds of heavy breathing, of moans, of curses, and cries of pleasure. Lined up in a neat little row, like chickens in a coop, his captives were having the time of their lives, mindlessly fucking themselves into a stupor. The things they had done, the things they were still doing, the things they were going to do. Lucy, the red-headed college girl with the enormous tits was pressing those plump pale melons against the wire dividing wall. In the next cage, the two soldiers York and Alvarado were lapping hungrily at her nipples, like suckling animals. Captain Graver was behind Lucy, his hands on hers spread eagle against the wall, and pounding her from behind. His face was a sheen of sweat. Hallie Hargrove, the team leader, was in the throes of her own gang bang. She was straddling her computer technician, Alex, riding the young man feverishly. The ventriloquist doll that Rob had brought to life was behind her shapely ass, his hands on her hips. The little nightmare doll was fucking Hallie's tight ass, well, not so tight any longer. He was tugging her hair, slapping her ass, and belting out insults that were lost to the chorus of moans and grunts that echoed throughout the room. One cell over, Ethan was laying on the floor in exhaustion. His mother was spooned up beside him. One of her smooth, thick thighs was draped over his leg, and she was nuzzling his cock with her knee. She and her son were kissing softly and passionately as her busy hands fondled and stroked him. Danny was on her hands and knees, like a dog, as the beastly concoction that only slightly resembled a roided-up version of her brother fucked her ceaselessly. She was throwing her head back and howling as she put her whole body back into his thrusts again and again. And at the far end, Tina was hard at work, on her back and alternating handles of various tools in and out of her pussy and ass at the same time. The girl had no control of herself. She plunged objects deeper and deeper into herself. As they went on and on, Rob had spread out a blanket on the dirt floor. He needed a break after he and Galloway had gone at it like bunnies. Now they were catching their breath on the floor. His arm was around her, and she was resting her sexed-up head on his chest. She really was a good-looking woman. And once he was able to program the hatred from those ice-blue eyes, he decided he wanted to keep her for himself.
he, Kelsey, and Galloway. How fun. He was petting her softly, stroking the waves in her wild maroon hair. It was matted with sweat. His cock was limp in his lap, stuck to himself with dried cum. So, you going to tell me about those dreams you've been having? Rob asked, as though they were in their own bubble, oblivious to the raucous fucking happening all around them. Since Rob had discovered this power, he had been taking a subtle approach to Galloway feeding her images in her sleep. Most of it was vague, because he didn't have much of an idea of her dreams or memories. He had simply suggested that Galloway have nightmares about bad men. But each criminal that she had dreamt, instead of being afraid of, she would grow ever increasingly aroused by. The effect had worked as apparent by the group of burglars that she'd willingly thrown herself in the middle of. But that didn't change the fact that Rob was curious as to what she had actually dreamed up each night. Galloway was silent for a bit, and Rob was beginning to fear that maybe his mind control had worn off, or he needed to do a bit more coaxing. He was reaching for his keyboard beside them when she began with, I was shot once. He glanced up, a little caught off guard. She gestured to her bare shoulder. The tattoo sleeve carefully concealed a small round scar on her shoulder. The casino I worked at years ago was being robbed. One of my co-workers, a fellow security guard, had sold us out to a group of ex-cons, and the four of them robbed the place. It didn't go well. The cops showed up sooner than expected and in order to escape, the robbers decided to create as much chaos as possible shooting, throwing molotovs, burning the place to the ground. Me and Quinn barely got out, and not before I was shot. She paused. Lately I've had dreams that I'm back in there. The gaming floor is on fire. And the four robbers surround me. They grab me and throw me onto a blackjack table and start to strip me right there in front of everyone my coworkers, frightened customers, my buddies. They're going to take me, but the fucked up part is I want it. I want it badly. And I willingly fuck them all. I let them violate me. I go out of my way to please them. The thought of turning my back on my ideals and everything I believe. Galloway trailed off, but the discussion was turning her on. Rob could tell because as she lay with her legs draped across his lap, he could feel the warm wetness forming against his thigh. His own cock was beginning to stiffen as she described the gangbang in filthy detail. Eventually, she said, they aren't even men anymore. They're demons. They have horns and dark red skin and forked tongues. But I don't care. I just keep right on fucking them. And I never want it to end. The sucky part is that every time I'm in the throes of these dreams, desperately needing the release, I wake up sexually frustrated. There have been mornings where I've been late for training, because I've been fucking myself with my baton. Rob's cock was so hard now, that it was aching. He sat up and reached for his keyboard. Tonight, he smiled. Tonight, all your dreams come true. He began to type. When Kate Galloway opened her eyes, she was in a familiar place. It was a place that she had visited often in her dreams. But this was no dream. It was far more real than any dream had been so far. She was standing among the slot machines, leaning against the outer wall of the karaoke bar, as she often did on slow nights. She would sometimes come here with Quinn. The bar was empty, and there was a scattering of gamblers seated at the slot machines. It must be well into the night shift. The air smelled faintly of cigarettes definitely not a dream, or a vivid memory, and the room rang with the continuous maniacal sounds of electronic bells and jingles being belted out from literally thousands of slot machines. When Galloway glanced down at herself, she saw that she was in her old uniform. Bright blue polyester, with a shiny silver badge pinned to the swell of her breast, a name plate on the opposite breast. Wonder what you call the other one, 
that asshole Gomez had once joked. Her radio was clipped to her shoulder, and her duty belt was heavy with pouches, and jingled when she moved. Her pants were jet black, and her boots were laced tightly. Her wavy dyed hair was tied back in a loose ponytail. Every detail was as she remembered it. Was this normal? Like a dream where she was back in school having forgotten to study for a test, this both felt normal and like she shouldn't be here, hadn't been for a long time. Galloway strolled slowly through the maze of slot machines. She reached for her radio, about to call out to Quinn when it happened. She heard the explosions the violent rumble of the sturdy cashier cage doors being blown from their hinges. It was followed by the surprised screams of customers. Smoke began to pour into the room. Time slowed to a crawl. Somewhere in the confusion and the haze, Galloway began to hear gunshots. Lots of them. And through the smoke came their shadows. There were four of them, dressed in black. With the exception of Jones he was still in his security uniform. They had pulled ski masks over their faces, downed vests, and were carrying guns. Galloway felt a chill roll through her body. Their eyes burned fury through the holes of their masks, radiating pure evil. Those eyes were scanning the room. Search lights, searching for her. And suddenly that chill that rolled through her body didn't much feel like it was from fear. There was something more behind it. Something darker. Something that Galloway, despite the grim reality, was aware was wildly inappropriate. Lust. Their eyes locked onto Galloway and she felt the power behind their penetrative stares. Her heart seemed to rocket up into her throat. Her pulse was pounding. They began advancing on her. And suddenly, Galloway was no longer standing in the gaming floor of the casino. She was back in the dingy basement of the Connolly apartment building. Rob was standing off to one side, naked and grinning ear to ear, keyboard in hand. In the cages, all of her friends stood and stared. Rob had apparently snapped them out of their trances. They were all back to normal. Even the puppet lay limp on the floor, no longer animated and brought to life. I want them to see what a whore you are, Rob remarked. Galloway startled, because despite being back in the basement, the four robbers from the casino were still there, boring holes through her with their eyes. They continued to advance, guns at the ready. Rob was going to make all of her friends, neighbors, and co-workers watch what was about to happen. Hallie would see what kind of two-timing horse she had hired. Her friend Graver would see Galloway willing to betray her team for her own selfish urges. And Ethan, poor Ethan, would relive the nightmare that had fractured their friendship. What do we have here? The lead robber ran his tongue over his lips as he appraised Galloway. She was still in her security uniform, she realized. When she glanced down at herself, she saw that her nipples had hardened considerably under their unwavering stares. They were pressing through her uniform shirt. Oh no, she thought. Not again. But she knew it was inevitable. Her knees were shaking, but not out of fear. It was from excitement. And her pussy was wet, soaking into her thong. The men surrounded her. They were real. How was that possible? None of them had survived the robbery in reality. But yet here they were now. Rob had managed to pull them out of her dreams and put them right here in front of her, in the flesh. Damn, boys. Look at these great A tits. One of the men commented. He reached out one big meaty hand and grabbed Galloway over her shirt, giving her breast a squeeze. She let out a pleasurable groan, trying to fight it, but couldn't. He flicked her nipple through her shirt, then gave her breast a smack, making her cry out again. The men all laughed. All of them except for Jones. She recognized him through his ski mask. His greedy eyes burning with fury. His dark skin obvious, even with the mask on. He stood in front of her, 
pushing her back until her butt pressed against some dusty boxes. This is something I've been wanting to do for a long time, you little slut, he said and reached out. He grabbed the collar of her uniform and gave a rough tug. Her shirt split open, right down the middle, sending buttons raining in all directions and exposing her milky flesh to the rest of the room. Galloway couldn't stop herself. She let out an excited gasp and bit her lip. She looked meekly up at her four tormentors. They towered over her, big and hulking and muscular. Her tits were barely restrained by her pink bra, and as soon as the men saw it, they all snickered. Little Miss Tough Bitch is actually Little Miss Princess Bitch, they remarked. They put their dirty paws on her chest and began to squeeze, making no effort to be gentle. Galloway could smell the cordite on their clothes from the shots they'd fired. And as one of them ran his fingers across her plump tits, she spotted little smears of blood. Of course they were on the hands of Henry de Mora the leader. A rare and monstrous breed of psychopath with a sadistic history. He had a shaved head, prison tattoos up his neck, and wild eyes that gleamed brightly with an almost ephemeral glow. The sick fuck had even filed his teeth down to razor points. Galloway knew she should be horrified. It was the blood of innocent people of her friends. But when she took a breath, her whole body was quivering. It turned her on in ways that horrified her. The heat was radiating throughout her lower extremities. An incessant yearning tickle between her thighs drove her nuts. Henry's hands went from her boobs up to her chin. He pinched her chin between his fingers like he owned her. Are you going to be a good little slut for us? He asked her with an evil smile. Galloway's eyes flicked to the shocked expressions of her bosses, her fellow soldiers, her neighbors, the college girls, and her friend Ethan one of the best friends she'd ever had. Their eyes were judging, she could feel it. That made the words that she spoke even more of a taboo. Defile me, she said, glancing up to Henry, then to the men around her. The lust was burning through her ice-blue eyes, her hands flying down her belt and feverishly unbuckling her pants. She was craving it desperately. They laughed cruelly, several of them slapping each other on the back at the easy and intense lay that was being willingly offered to them. Henry snatched Galloway roughly by the ponytail and yanked it until she was peering up at him. Her eyes, normally hard and strong, were big and doe-like. He snarled at her. We're going to, don't you worry, slut. Then he pushed his face roughly against hers. Galloway moaned as she let this ugly dangerous man kiss her heart. His tongue was long and snake-like. He wrestled it into Galloway's mouth, where she almost choked on it. But despite herself, she started to suck on it eagerly. As they kissed, he shoved her back onto the boxes where he half lay on top of her, violating her mouth with his and grinding his crotch into hers. From the corner of her eye, she could feel the shocked and heartbroken expressions of her friends. And a wave of pleasure washed over her. Not only was she growing thrilled at being watched, but at betraying her friends and integrity. She willingly spread her legs. Her hands groped for Henry's crotch, and when she felt the monstrous bulge that was being spurred to life by his control over her, she melted with excitement. Her hands rubbed it up and down, feeling its length. Then her shirt was being pulled open, by the men who closed in from either side. They were rubbing her tits with feverish aggression. One of them slapped her breast, making the sound of wet meat being struck. Galloway whimpered, but her hands came away from Henry's crotch to the crotches of the robbers on either side of her. Look at how eager she is to show all her friends what a cock-hungry skank she is. They laughed. Galloway's hands out on either side of her, rubbed up and down, coaxing their members to life. Across the room, multiple sets of horrified eyes were treated to the show Galloway begging these evil men, not to satisfy her, but to the let her satisfy them. Use me, 
she pled. Use my body however you want. Henry produced a knife and when he brought it to her, he used it to snap her bra. It tore away, revealing her plump round breasts and hard pink nipples. As he worked to strip the little security guard slut of her uniform, an accomplice a big man named Ortega lowered the zipper of his pants. What he extracted from his pants could hardly be considered a normal-sized penis. Rob had apparently given these robbers some improvements in his narrative. Because the cock that Ortega wagged in front of Galloway's face was impossibly big. He was at least a foot long, with a thick round knob of a head at the end, that was already leaking with semen. Galloway took one look at it, and before she could respond, he slapped her across the face with it. His dick was so heavy, it knocked her head to one side, and made her cry out. The rest of the men laughed as tears welled in her eyes, and her cheek burned bright red. But still, she turned back to face him, opened her mouth, and continued to want him. Ortega struck her again, just as hard. Fucking pig! He spat. And still, Galloway turned back to him, desperate to touch him. Please! She begged him, her voice coming out like a whimper. Please let me taste you. I want to do whatever you want me to. Ortega barely let her finish her sentence before he was grabbing her by the back of the head and stuffing himself deep into her mouth, right to the back of her throat. She choked almost instantly. Watching from his cage, Ethan had to look away. It was too much to watch Galloway's mouth being violated like that. An exhausted Danny sensed his anguish and reached her hand through the bars to squeeze his fingers. Ortega rough-fucked Galloway's mouth. Her voice made wet glug-glug-glug. Sounds as though she was drowning in saliva and cock. Finally, when he pulled his cock from her mouth, she fought to catch her breath. A thick layer of saliva coated his dick. Tum. He ordered her. Clean me up, bitch. And Galloway used her tongue. She ran it in long licks up and down his impossible length. She circled it around the bloated head of his manhood. Despite the vicious face fucking that she had endured at the hands of Ortega, her hands remained outstretched in either direction, entertaining the growing bulges of the other robbers. Look at this desperate slut, Ortega declared. Galloway held out her tongue while the vicious robber smacked his cock off of it again and again. Her moans came out as mindless la 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 sounds. Is this the kind of horny sluts you employ? Ortega directed the question at Halley and Graver. Graver blushed and glanced away while Halley bore holes through the men with her eyes. Your next baby. He promised her with a wink, then went right back to his assault on Galloway's face. He wagged his cock at her, slinging her own saliva back into her face, in her eyes, into her hair. Then he grabbed her head and stuffed her mouth once again. Her cheeks bulged like a squirrel who was packing away nuts. His hips forced his cock in and out of her mouth. Between her legs, Henry had undid enough of her pants to pull them down her hips until they bunched around her boots. He left them like that, keeping her feet locked together, and he hoisted her legs high into the air, and rested her boots on his shoulder. Look at this ass, he sneered. Her little pink thong was barely a covering over her mound. He slapped her ass, then reached between her legs, grasping her thong and giving it a hard tug until it tore free. Galloway let out a muffled whimper at being so crudely exposed but the sheen of wetness on her puffy pink pussy lips said that she was enjoying every moment of her public violation. When Ortega's cock popped free of her mouth once more, she couldn't help but blurt out, You should have done this to me back at the casino. She panted like a dog out of breath. You all should have done this to me as the building burned. Shown everyone what a slut I am for you. Fucked me right on the poker table endlessly. Made you our whore right in front of your co-workers and friends. Henry snarled. He ran his hands over her wet slit, 
still keeping her feet pinned together, up on his shoulder. There was nothing gentle about the way he forced two fingers into her body. Galloway leaned her head back. Oh! She cried out in pleasure as he penetrated her with his murderous hands. Those same hands that had ended lives and done unspeakable atrocities were now the ones that were going to bring her to orgasm with minimal effort. When she managed to recover enough of her senses, she realized that her lips were quivering. She was biting her bottom lip, sucking in air between her bared teeth. Look at how fucking hot this little pepper is, Henry said, stabbing her womb deeper and deeper with his fingers. Galloway's pussy was completely sopping. More, she panted, and she began to move her hips to hump his hand. She was pushing herself into him again and again. More. 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 She begged in a mindless desperation for sexual release. Henry gave a cruel, sadistic smile. You want more, cunt? You're going to get it. Then he did the unthinkable. He closed his fingers in a tight fist and began to push against her opening. Galloway's eyes popped. No, it's too big. She cried out. You asked for it, pig. Now you're gonna get the long arm of my law. He cackled and pushed harder, forcing his fist into her body. Galloway whimpered helplessly as the men held her there, tears in her eyes. It took effort and some force, Henry snarling through his sharpened teeth the whole time. But eventually his entire fist disappeared into Galloway's body. She could only stare in shocked disbelief as this man, this monster, violated her with his fist. Henry began to fuck it in and out of her body, and within moments, Galloway's voice squeaked out, not so different from Danny's high-pitched voice, in a cry of intense pleasure. Oh, Henry! Don't stop, don't stop. She pled, squeezing her eyelids shut, even as the men gripped her hair and forced her to look down at her own brutal defilement. You don't want us to stop, little whore? They were slapping her face and chest from different directions. Sweat, tears, and spit running down her face. No. She tried to shake her head, but they were gripping her hair so tightly that she couldn't. No, don't stop, please. I'm... Her face contorted, her eyes tight, her lips curling back. I'm coming. Oh, God. I'm coming. She screamed out. Henry's violent thrusting of his fist didn't relent. Her juices were pouring down his wrist as he went deeper and deeper. His ugly grin was spread ear to ear now in his triumphant conquest of this slutty little officer. His tongue flicked out, roving around his lips in a mindless gesture of perversion. Galloway's hips bucked and thrust, humping at air. Holy shit, the way this little pepper is squeezing my hand. He cackled to his accomplices. I can't wait to get my dick in her. One of the men slapped Galloway's face, snapping her out of her orgasmic pleasure. Hear that little cock sleeve? Ready for some dick? Yes. She cried out without missing a beat. Yes, I am. Good little slut. Henry's fist popped free of Galloway's body. The men pulled her off of the stack of boxes by her hair, her throat, and her torn uniform shirt. They led her in a humble posture like they were leading a dog. She stepped clumsily, nearly tripping over herself with her feet held together by her pants. The other captives hardly recognized her. There was nothing independent and strong about her now. She had completely relinquished her personality. It was Officer Jones who stood in front of her, her traitorous co-worker that she'd once been friends with. He glared at her through the eye holes of his mask, his security uniform still in place. The badge gleamed brightly back at her like a sick joke. Then he was manhandling her on top of him. He lay on his back on the dirty floor and positioned Galloway backward onto his lap, with her bound legs sticking up in the air. There was a sense of complete helplessness on Galloway's part, 
and it only turned her on more. Jones wrapped Galloway's hand around his big cock, letting her feel the tool that he'd be violating her with. Like Henry's and Ortega's, it was impossibly enormous. He smacked it against her bare but several times, making a slapping sound. Hope you like big black cock, you little tease. I had to look at this fine piece of ass so many times in the control room that I should have put you in your place back then. He continued to smack his meat stick against her. But when he had his fill of making his point, he spread her cheeks and ran the head of his cock down the crack of her firm butt. I'm going to fuck that ass. Jones tugged her by the hair and ran his tongue around the curve of her ear, making his point loud and clear. Uh Uh-huh. She moaned complacently enough, her eyes already clenched shut in anticipation. Fuck my ass, Jones. I'm your little bitch. Glad to see you know your place, he said, and made no gentle effort at penetrating her tight little hole. Galloway squeaked with uncertainty. That squeak turned into a groan, turned into a desperate panting screech. By the time Jones' bare thick gnarled cock was halfway into her body, Galloway's voice had gone hoarse from crying out. Then he was holding her tight and slamming her down into his deep penetrative thrust. While Jones wrecked Galloway's ass, the fourth robber, a grinning obnoxious tatted-up clown they called Stevie took hold of Galloway's ankles, rested them on his shoulder, and knelt in front of her wet pussy. He took a moment to admire the thick black shaft pushing in and out of Galloway's asshole. Jones' balls like a pair of heavy coconuts moved with each push. Then Stevie slapped his enormous animalistic cock against Galloway's pussy, claiming her as his territory for the time being. Henry, you better not have loosened her up too much. He laughed, then pushed his cock deep into her body while Jones pounded her ass. Galloway whimpered with the addition of his new shaft sliding inside of her. Double stuff, piggy. Stevie remarked, holding her by the legs and sinking his cock home with hard eager stabs. Each time he rammed himself into her, she whimpered again a high and whiny sound. Henry stepped beside them and grabbed Galloway by the throat, choking her slightly. Don't just lay there and let them do all the work, you dumb bitch. Fuck them. He snarled, his fingers tightening, cutting off most of her airway. Galloway tried her best to buck her hips, but it wasn't easy. Her tummy flexed. She grunted. She pushed back into them like her life depended on it. Her tits jiggled pleasantly with each bounce. A sheen of sweat was popping out on her cheeks red from where the men had slapped her. She lay between them, grunting while being savagely fucked by the men who haunted her memories and chased her in her dreams. And they were only growing rougher and more aggressive. Galloway let out an especially long moan, and Henry slapped her. What was that, slut? You got something to say? She cried, but it felt too good to bring herself to stop. Henry and Ortega stood on either side of her, hovering their cocks in front of her face. Back and forth, they took turns on her mouth. First Ortega grabbed her and rammed his cock down her throat, choking her, making sure she understood that they were in charge, and she was only allowed to come up for air when they wanted her to. Then he pulled out, and Henry's monstrous horse cock was stuffed into her gasping mouth. She struggled to keep up in a dizzying blur of thrusting cocks and abuse that her body was taking. Drool streamed from her lips. Her badge flapped obscenely from her torn open shirt as they pounded her roughly again and again. Galloway's mouth went back and forth, swallowing up Henry, then Ortega, then back to Henry again. Her mouth was always busy, her head always moving. Her tongue was a blur, tickling their shafts and enticing them to continue harder and rougher than before. Henry popped his cock from her mouth and swung it like a baseball bat, whacking it enthusiastically off of Galloway's face. He laughed, high and crazy like a maniacal lunatic. 
Ortega followed suit and the two of them battered Galloway's face with their hard steely cocks, until her cheeks were puffy and pink, and her face was bathed in saliva, precum, and tears. All the while, Stevie and Jones leveraged her body up and down, impaling her simultaneously on their cocks, their shafts appearing and disappearing as though they were machines made for fucking. Galloway's tongue hung out, eager for a taste of the men who beat her face with their dicks, even if it was just for a fleeting second. Henry sensed the desperation in the crazed slut's efforts, because as Galloway was being pounded from both ends, he stepped over her, straddling her face and hovering his enormous monster package in front of her. He hung his balls above her gasping mouth and dropped his heavy cock on her forehead. Suck them, he ordered. Galloway opened her mouth and willingly tasted his balls one at a time. She massaged them with her wet lips, basting them with her hot saliva. She tickled them with her tongue. Her moans were muffled against his heavy baby maker. His cock rested heavily on her face, along her nose and across her forehead. His size and girth was immense. Ortega stroked, watching her display of unrelenting sluttiness. Filthy pig gobbling those balls, he said in a gruff voice. His hand was a mad blur on his own penis. Galloway couldn't bring herself to stop. Her body was in a constant state of movement, riding, pivoting, swinging her hips from side to side as the men used her. She dragged her tongue along Henry's massive balls, up to his shaft, tracing wet saliva along the underside. Henry gripped either side of her head and humped against her face, inching ever higher until Galloway's nose was buried beneath his balls. She seemed to hesitate. I didn't say to stop. He barked at her. Keep licking. Galloway whimpered cutely, but then her tongue found his ass and circled it. Henry moaned in triumphant delight as he rode her face. The little slut would do whatever he told her to do, and eagerly at that. Truth, justice, and pleasuring bad men however they please. Your parents must be so proud. He laughed high and crazily as he grinned at the captives in the cages. Most of them looked away in shame or some degree of their own humiliation. Ethan most of all. Ortega took his turn. He was even rougher than Henry as he grabbed the back of Galloway's sweat-soaked head and pushed her face into his undercarriage. She obeyed like a good little slut, licking and tasting, roaming his balls, his shaft, back to his ass. She seemed to have no limits. Off to one side, Rob watched with delighted amusement, keyboard in hand as this group of dangerous men from Galloway's past practically piled on top of her, dog-piling her for their own sexual urges. It gave him new ideas. As he began to type, the basement around them began to disintegrate. The room transformed into something from Galloway's memory. They were back in the center of the casino. Galloway appeared momentarily startled as she glanced around. They were no longer on the dirt floor of the basement, but were in a pile on the green felt surface of a poker table. Jones and Stevie were still violating her ass and pussy with unrelenting vigor. The shock was obvious on her face, having been ill-prepared for the abrupt change. But as they pounded her, that shock melted back into wild, untamable pleasure. It wasn't just about fucking the bad men who had caused so much grief but now she was doing it in the very spot that they'd committed such heinous acts. Surrounding the poker table were people, all of them were on their knees, their hands and feet bound like a captive audience, their eyes wide with fear as they were forced to watch the violation of the attractive female guard with the wild dyed hair. Among the faces, Galloway spotted Graver, Hallie Ethan, and the rest of her neighbors. Quinn was there. So was Wade and the rest of her fellow officers the ones who survived that night and the ones who perished. The audience to her debauchery stirred within her a whole new wave of humiliation and sexual excitement, all at once. She didn't understand any of it, 
but she wanted these men to take her harder, faster, more aggressively. She wanted them to completely pound her. Through the moaning and defilement, Galloway somehow managed to find her voice. I want to change positions. Oh, do you, slut? Henry asked. Yes. I want to do everything with you guys. I want to be such a good whore for you. She couldn't help but let her eyes travel to the horrified faces of the dozens of onlookers. Their expressions at hearing her say such things spurred her on. When they let her up, Galloway didn't run. She had every opportunity to run or fight or try to put a stop to this. She did none of that. Instead, she stood on the table and did a little strip tease while she removed the last lingering threads of her clothes. There weren't many. She bent over, exposing her bare ass and pussy to the audience of captives. They were raw and well used from the pounding she'd already taken. Her ass cheeks were red with the handprints that illustrated the violation of her body, and a sheen of sweat coated her, marking her athletic efforts to be the best fuck puppet that she could be. As she clumsily stepped out of her pants, the men were sure to slap her ass, grip it roughly, and make it jiggle. They laughed and called her names. Some of them even pelted her with poker chips and crumbles of half-burned dollar bills. The building was still on fire somewhere in the distance. Galloway didn't mind. If anything, it only made her want to fuck them harder. She stripped down to everything except her uniform shirt, that hung open, exposing her big bare tits. She wanted to leave that last feeble covering on, if nothing else than to remind her of the duties and responsibilities that she was relinquishing in exchange for empty hollow pleasure. She sashayed her hips and worked her shirt open and closed, giving peaks of her body and hard nipples. The dozens of eyes stared at her body, as though she'd lost her mind and there was a liberating feeling like maybe she truly had. Her goals were so simple now, easy and selfish. Then she grabbed Henry by the collar and pulled him up onto the poker table with her. She would ride him. It had to be this way. He'd orchestrated this whole massacre, and she wanted to reward him by letting him lay back and relax as she did all the work. She kissed him hard on the mouth, running her tongue around his lips in long, slutty licks. His tongue met hers in midair, and they wrestled outside of their mouths for all to see. Henry cupped Galloway's ass like he owned it, and maybe he did at this point. She couldn't stop herself. She reached up and peeled away his ski mask. She gasped at the sight that greeted her. He wasn't human. The grotesque face of demons stared back at her. His skin was molten and red. His glowing evil eyes the same eyes that radiated insane energy from behind the mask burned from deep dark ring pits. Long curling horns, like a ram's, jutted from his scalp as if they'd always been there. There were certain elements to remind her that this was still Henry but a demonized version. His prison tattoos ran across his neck and scalp. His teeth were still filed to razor points. When Galloway glanced around, she saw that all the robbers had removed their masks. Each of them had transformed from men into monsters. Joan's skin was still dark, and he still had his goatee, sideburns, and resentful eyes. But the horns he bore were gnarled and ugly. His eyes a sickly yellow. Stevie and Ortega were faring no better. Galloway turned back to Henry with bewilderment. He was shedding his clothes, and when he stripped out of his shirt and pants, his muscles were enormous. The man had practically doubled in size. His legs were the legs of a goat, and his feet were cloven hooves. Something wrong, slut? He snarled in a deep voice that resonated from another world. Galloway took it all in. His enormous cock like a horse pointed at her belly. She bit her lip. Nothing she said with an excited smile. Nothing at all, and she returned her mouth to Henry's. Her kisses with the beast were much more forceful and her hand wrapped around Henry's throbbing member. 
She brought it to her bare belly and rubbed it against her smooth skin, humping and grinding it. As they kissed, she eased the monster, Henry's true self, it seemed, backward onto the table. When he lay back, Galloway bent for a moment and tenderly kissed the head of the cock that she was about to sit on. Then she straddled him on the poker table, bringing her mouth to his, and eased her body down onto his massive tool. It wasn't easy, it required a lot of hip work, sashaying and rotating, pivoting and grinding. After the fisting she'd taken from Henry, she was thankfully loose enough, and then she eased him inside of her. She knew it was wrong. But even as she sank herself lower and lower, she was orgasming. Oh, yes! She moaned as she slid down his pole and started to gyrate her hips. Good slut, such a good slut you'll make. He groaned his approval. I am master, she moaned. I'll be your good slut. She held him tightly and started to work her hips. She rode him with a renewed sense of purpose. She would do this forever. They would never leave this place. She would spend the rest of her life pleasing these monsters. The remaining robbers let her have her long, passionate moment with Henry, and by the time her initial orgasm wore off, they were closing in to join them. Galloway wasn't quite sure who took her anally. She was pretty sure that it was Ortega. It sounded like him, the way he spit on her to make his entry easier. Then his beastly claws had her by the hips, and he was inserting himself into the warm, tight embrace of her ass. Crazy thoughts occurred to her as they gang-fucked her on the table idle wanderings about her holes. This was all it was for. All any of it was for. Her ass, her mouth, her pussy. From here on out, it would serve no other purpose than the pleasure of cocks. Her pussy was no longer for making children, but only for the perpetual pleasure of these evil men. As she committed these thoughts to her psyche, another orgasm rolled through her body. She opened her mouth to scream in delight, but found a cock being stuffed into it. She welcomed it. It was Jones, and she could taste her own ass along his length. He had fucked her anally in the basement. Now he was fucking her orally here in the casino. There was nothing gentle about the way these monsters made love to Galloway's body. Beneath her, Henry closed his fingers around her neck and squeezed. Galloway struggled to breath, but the sexual frenzy only fueled her. Spots danced in front of her eyes, but she continued to suck and lick and swallow Jones's dirty cock for all she was worth. Glub, glub, glub were the only sounds able to escape her lips. Behind her, Ortega gripped her by either side of the head and leveraged his wide, heavy tool in and out of her ass. Suck it, you filthy swine bitch. He snarled at her and forced her head up and down even deeper on Jones's cock. Galloway obeyed, but the room was starting to darken. She could hear the gentle sobs of her friends. Somewhere, sounding distant, Ethan was pleading with Rob to stop all of this. It's okay, Ethan. I want this, no. I need this. She thought, just doing everything her body was telling her to. Spit was running down her chin in drenching streams, making a mess on the table surface. Between Ortega and Jones gripping her head and using it so incessantly as a warm wet fuckhole, she was sure she might pass out from lack of oxygen. Then Jones finally let her up, and Galloway immediately slurped up the spit streamers that hung from her mouth. She used her tongue to clean up her messy lower lip. The saliva tasted like Jones's cock. Jones leaned in close, his breath smelling like sulfur, his demonic features reminding her that he was no longer a man. You like that fuck toy? He snarled in her mouth. Galloway could hardly speak, only managing to nod her head. Uh Uh-huh. Jones leaned forward and planted a hungry kiss on her mouth. When he pulled away, her mouth was still hanging open, waiting for more. He spit dismissively right into her mouth 
then stepped back and let Stevie take his turn fucking her mouth in much the same violent way. Stevie was even more relentless than Jones. Galloway's face was bright red, going to purple, but still she looked up adoringly at her tormentor's face. Her eyes were large and dreamy. She couldn't even count how many orgasms the monsters in her ass and pussy had given her before she felt a load release. There was no warning. Henry growled in pleasure, sank himself as deep as he could so deep it almost hurt then came a flood of hot wetness that only meant he was releasing an enormous payload of hot jizz. It filled her to the brink and oozed from her gaping pussy. Her vision dazzled with stars as jet after jet launched his vile seed into her body. She wondered distantly if she would carry on the evil man's legacy in the form of his child growing inside of her. Then they were pulling out. They tugged Galloway to her feet. She came easily already exhausted and getting tossed around like a rag doll. She could feel the cum running down her inner thighs in heavy drops. In the middle of the green felt was a surprisingly large puddle of Henry's cum mixed with sweat. Look at this fucking mess. Henry declared, disappointed that she couldn't keep it all inside of her. Clean this the fuck up he said, and pushed her to her knees. He shoved her face into the wet sticky puddle of cum and rested one cloven hoof on the back of her neck. She instinctively began to lap up the pool with her tongue, even as the mess was smeared across half of her face and into her hair. Jones moved behind her now, and even with her pussy oozing with torrents of hot cum, her former fellow guard slid himself into the wet sticky mess that was now her pussy. He fucked her already cum-filled pussy. Each thrust displaced more and more of Henry's mess but he didn't mind. Yes. Galloway panted, her head still pinned to the table, her ass in the air for the taking. She licked up large gobs of the salty mess and drank it down obediently. Yes, yes, more, more. Jones groaned and grunted and fucked her like an animal. And when he was satisfied, again there was little warning. Just a pleasurable sigh, and the spill of hot wetness filling her again. I'm doing it. Her thoughts were practically squealing in delight. I'm pleasuring them. And she continued to mindlessly lick at the wet felt card table. It wasn't just Jones and Henry. With her head pinned down, each man had a turn at her womb, and one by one, they each fucked her pussy, packing each other's cum deep inside of her, and adding their own to the vile concoction. When each of them had their turn blowing loads into her body, they then did the unthinkable. The captives. Get up here, right now! They ordered the bound and shackled forms of her friends, co-workers, and innocent bystanders. And one by one, each man was ordered to fuck Galloway's pussy. The mess of cum that coated her pussy and inner thighs was tremendous. After taking four beastly cocks inside of her, she barely felt the insertions of squad mates and the random men who were unwitting hostages. But feeling each man forced to add their seed brought her to the brink of pleasure, and each time another orgasmed in her pussy— she cried out as yet another of her own climaxes racked her body. It must have taken hours, although to Galloway, it didn't feel like it. Her head pinned to the table and her butt up in the air, every man in the building had a turn fucking her, and every woman in the building was made to bury their face into her snatch and lick up the excess. After years of hard work, and dedication, and sweat and pain, it's all come down to this. Henry narrated for her as Ethan finished his reluctant fucking of her worn pussy by climaxing into her and then Hellfire Halley was immediately pushed face first into the sloppy mess. You've achieved your dream job, Henry cried out marvelously. You're a professional cum dumpster. Galloway couldn't find the words. She was panting too hard. When she was let up, she was greeted to a shocking sight. The four robbers were all waiting. Their cocks were hard and ready to go once more. They picked her up, put her in a new position, 
and the gang-bang violations started all over again. They weren't done, she doubted they would ever be. Chris Berger's plan had been the basement. He had his own reasons for heading down the hall to the open door beneath the stairs. But as he descended and could hear the screams of pleasure and pain from below, he began to fear he was venturing into the lion's den. His heart was pounding. Thank God he'd had to presence of mind to remove his shoes before he stepped out of his car. The floorboards of this building were creaky enough without him clomping around, even in sneakers. His socks muffled the sound of him descending the rickety stairs. He was vaguely aware that he was trembling. His legs felt like jelly. What the fuck was he about to find down at the bottom? He paused in the laundry room. The noises were coming from the storage area. That wasn't his intended goal. He knew he should just ignore it. He didn't need to know what was going on in there, but yet his curiosity got the best of him. He risked a glance through the doorway and into the storage area of the apartment units. This was a mistake. What he saw within terrified him in a way he hadn't known was possible. What he was witnessing right now was a far, far, far cry from Rob using his magic computer to make hot women sleep with him. Chris had thought that was the worst that it could ever be watching his wife under the trance of another man, pleasure him in sexually wild ways. He was wrong. Rob had gotten worse. Much worse. Rob had transformed the basement into a zoo a literal zoo. Men and women were in cages. Chris recognized many of them as his neighbors. But a lot of them he didn't know people in camouflage gear. They must be Galloway's co-workers. Most of them were naked or in various stages of undress. Somehow, the sight of people in cages wasn't the worst part. In the very center of the floor was an orgy that looked like it was meant to pay tribute to the devil himself. The basement hardly even looked like the basement anymore. There was some sort of illusion happening that must have come from Rob. A hazy hologram of a casino on fire. Of death and destruction all over the place. And in the center of it all, on top of a poker table, Kate Galloway was on all fours like an animal. She was being violated from all angles by four demons. That was the only way Chris could possibly describe them. Hulking giants with brown and red molting skin, curving spiral horns, and cocks the size of baseball bats. They were grunting and thrusting, spitting and snarling. And among them, like a human sacrifice, Galloway was moaning and crying out and squealing with joy. She was enjoying it in the purest, most sinful form. Rob had reduced her to nothing more than a slobbering groupie. A piece of fuck meat for his sick desires. Chris spotted Rob to one side. His cock in one hand, stroking and enjoying the show he'd created. His keyboard was in the other. Rob was looking extra haggard and nightmarish. He was dirty, his hair unkempt, his beard was patchy, and he looked malnourished. How long had he been obsessed with playing with his toys? None of them saw him. Chris stepped slowly back into the laundry room. This was out of hand. If Rob saw him now, he was positive that he would meet a fate worse than death. He'd end up like the rest of them a fuck slave to a madman. A fear he'd never felt before welled in him. A fear for his very soul. When he turned, he almost ran headfirst into someone. A woman the pretty chipmunk-faced one from the third floor. She must have crept up on him. They locked eyes. Chris's blood turned cold. Please, Dash, he began to whisper. Rob! Kelsey bellowed. The game was over. Her shrill cry went off like a starting pistol. It sent Chris running straight into the maze of the ancient basement. Kelsey ran in the opposite direction, still shouting. Rob! There's a man down here! Chris ran with one single goal in mind. Something dumb. 
something he should have thought of from the very start. But he hadn't. And now he might never get there. Rob! The voice cut through the grunts, the fog of sweat and sex, and it echoed through the cavernous casino gaming floor. Everyone looked up, pausing in mid-act. The captives all looked about themselves. Galloway froze. The demons seemed unsure. Then Rob typed a few words and paused the whole thing. Within moments, the casino faded and they were all back in the basement storage room. He turned as Kelsey came bolting into the room. He'd forgotten about her. Sent her upstairs. Now here she was, out of breath, nearly colliding into him and sending them both bumping against one of the back walls. Rob! There's a man down here! Rob blinked stupidly for a moment. He'd been in total control of the orgy, been so lost in the fun and the lust and insanity that he was orchestrating, that it took him several moments to snap himself out of that fog. When he did, all he was able to ask was, Who? The man from 1B. 1B? Who was in 1B? He was blanking. All of his neighbors were down here, right? Then it hit Rob like a ton of bricks. Chris Berger. The cuck. The man who disappeared a few days ago. Rob had forgotten about him. He ran into the basement. Kelsey said hurriedly. Rob sagged with momentary relief. Oh, sweetie. If he's down here, he's not getting far. Rob began to type. Chris ran his hardest trying to remember the convoluted maze of brick and cobwebs that made up the building's foundation. He turned a corner. Water heaters. Wrong room. He swore, then ran back into the maze. He didn't have much time. Rob knew he was here now. Chris might have only a few more seconds left of precious free will before he found himself being gang-fucked by monstrous demons as well. Rob could type fast. Rob's fingers began to fly across the keyboard. He wasn't worried, but still, his nervous pacing kicked in, as he was one to do while alone in his apartment. Suddenly something grabbed him from behind. Hands. He was yanked backward until he slammed into the wire links of one of the storage cages. No you don't, motherfucker. Graver's hard voice. Rob had absentmindedly paced just a little too close to the cages and Galloway's captain had managed to snag the collar of Rob's shirt through the metal links. The towering team captain had yanked him back and pinned him in place to the cage wall. Rob tried to move, but another set of hands flew out from the cage beside him. Halley snared him by an arm. Another set of hands Lucy had him by the belt. He struggled to pull away, but more and more of his captives had grabbed hold of him and were holding him there. Rob realized that his mistake had been returning their consciousness. He had wanted them to watch Galloway's violation without being under his spell he wanted to break their will by watching someone as strong and determined as Galloway give herself over to her urges. Now he was regretting that attempt to humiliate them all, because they had seized on a moment of distraction. Kelsey! Help me! He was shouting. His loyal friend dashed over to him with outstretched arms. Rob fought to type. Slowly but clumsily, his fingers struggled to form the words. He needed to type. There was a struggle happening a few rooms over. Something was happening. Chris's heart was hammering in his ears. For all he knew, an army of demons was charging after him right now. He needed to not think about them, to only think about his one intended goal. But he was trembling harder than he ever had. He was in the right room now, but it was dark. He was scanning the walls. Where was it? Where was it? There was so much junk everywhere. The place was a fucking junkyard. He'd never find anything in this mess. Look above you, stupid. 
His common sense urged him. And he did. The wires in the rafters were the dead giveaway. They snaked in all directions, running off to hundreds of outlets throughout the building. But they all came together in one massive collection and ran to there it was. The metal junction box. Chris didn't hesitate. He threw open the door to the breakers. The inside was a jumbled mess. This place had been redone for years. There was no way to know what switch went to what outlet. None of it mattered. There was one very large switch. The main breaker. Chris flipped it, praying to God it would work. Ah. Yes. Ah. Yes. Galloway was in the throes of, what orgasm was it now? Twelve? She couldn't even remember. Her body was drenched in sweat. Her muscles were a quivering mess of jelly. But none of that mattered. All that mattered was her single goal sexually pleasuring these monsters until the end of time. The lights in the casino suddenly went out, and it all disappeared. The smoke from the fires. The felt table beneath her knees. The four behemoths who'd been fucking her from all directions. All of it was gone. She was a naked sweaty mess in a dank room that smelled like earth and dust. It was pitch black. The sound of confused shouting filled her senses. Multiple voices, men and women. All of them were shouting for help, like voices of the damned. There was some kind of struggle happening mere feet away, but she couldn't see. Then suddenly a light flared to life, almost too bright. It moved quickly into the room. A flashlight. Galloway? Chris? Chris Berger held the light, shining it around the room. The faces of nearly a dozen people stared from behind their cages. Kelsey stood dazed, blinking dumbly in the dark like she'd just awakened from a coma. They spotted him. Robert Bradford was struggling against the cage wall. Graver, Hallie, Lucy, and several of Hallie's men had the author pinned through the bars. Rob's hands were tapping on the keyboard, but nothing was happening. A look of dawning horror was crossing his features. He blinked at Chris. You cut the power, he said stupidly. I cut the power, Chris said with a triumphant smile. I cut your power. For a moment, Rob refused to believe it. He continued to type harder and harder on his keyboard, each stab of his fingers like a jab. He began to punch the useless device in his balled-up fist. No longer caring how naked or sore she was, Galloway crossed the floor with determined strides. She slapped the keyboard from Rob's hands, sending it clattering across the basement. Her hand shot out to his neck, and her lips peeled back. She was determined to be his worst nightmare for the rest of his short life. But before she could snarl something fierce at him, a sound echoed throughout the basement. No! The voice started as the shriek of a wretched old woman's voice but it grew and grew until it became the frustrated roar of wild wind from another world entirely. It echoed throughout the basement a shriek of the damned, being denied its greatest desire. Everyone froze as they heard it grow, then die off. They weren't alone down here. As the wail of despair and fury died off, all eyes turned to the source. Chris's flashlight beam trembled violently as he pointed it to where the shriek had emanated. The tiny wooden door from the root cellar had opened, and ascending the stairs with ethereal smoothness was a wretched old hag with a lion's mane of scraggly gray hair framing a cracked drab face from centuries ago. Her clothes were just a black shifting mass of robes. Her eyes were burning with fury. Galloway realized she couldn't see the woman's legs. She was seeing through her as she drifted up the stairs toward them. Her grasping arms were reaching for them, reaching for all of them. They began to stretch impossibly long. A ghost. Galloway had no doubts this old hag had been the one to drag Quinn down the basement stairs. 
Rob's eyes were wide with absolute mortal terror at the sight of this woman. Galloway glanced from Rob to the ghostly form, then back again. You two were made for each other, she said, with no trace of sympathy. She grasped Rob by the collar, and with all of her strength, she pushed the demented author into the reaching arms of the ghostly hag. Rob screamed as she closed her grasp around his skinny body. He screamed as she retreated down the dirt steps of the root cellar, dragging him with her. He screamed as the door shut behind him. His screams went on and on for a very long time. Chris turned the main power back on and helped Galloway free the captives from the cages. They tended to Kelsey. The poor girl had no concept of time. How long had she been kept under Rob's mind control? Probably since the very beginning. Maggie had vague memories and was horrified to realize the things she'd done. Ethan consoled her. The soldiers began to place calls while tending to the college girls. Are you all right? Hallie asked Galloway, as Galloway recovered a scattering of clothing that wasn't destroyed, and redressed herself. Galloway shrugged. No worse than you are. Hallie merely smiled. I'm too fucked up for you to ever reach my level. Galloway was sore, exhausted, and shaky beyond words. She would recover. They all would, physically at least. Emotionally, well that was a fight for another day. So you cut the power, huh? Galloway asked Chris. He rubbed the back of his head sheepishly and blushed. Yeah. I'm a fucking moron. I don't know why I didn't think of it at first. None of us did. Don't beat yourself up. She patted him approvingly on the back. I was just too obsessed with thoughts of revenge and wondering how the hell it was all even possible. There's more than enough time to obsess over that. She assured him. But you came back for us. That took balls. You could have just cut and run, but you didn't. You really pulled our asses out of the fire. Thank you. Galloway extended her arms to give him a hug, but Chris glanced at her and backed away. I'd rather not, no offense. She looked down at herself, and surprisingly she burst out laughing. She was drenched in sweat. There was cum in her hair, and multiple other places. Bodily fluids were all over most of them. You're an ass. She laughed harder. Rob may have fucked my wife, but I'm starting to think I got off lucky. You all look like the Ghostbusters after they blew up the Marshmallow Man, Chris remarked with a scowl. Only you're covered in something way worse than melted marshmallow. Galloway only laughed harder. Her friends and neighbors all looked at her like she was crazy. Come here. She threw her arms wide. Come on, Chris, give me a big ol' hug. Chris began to hurry away, but stopped in his tracks as the root cellar door creaked open behind them. They all froze and looked at it in nervous anticipation. He emerged from the darkness, blinking against the light of the overheads. His clothes were torn and his legs were unsteady. His hair had turned completely white, and it was a mess. His skin had wrinkled, and his eyes were haunted. Robert Bradford ascended the stairs, looking like a ghost of a man. The soldiers stepped forward protectively, forming a ring. Their expressions were murderously intense. Halley and Graver were glaring. Alvarado was cracking his knuckles. York was wiping his mouth repeatedly with the back of his hand. Only Galloway's face was neutral. Rob regarded them. His expression was one of terror, but not at the men and women who were gathering around, more than willing to hurt him. There was nothing they could do to him that would be worse than what he'd endured down in that root cellar. He found his voice a desert wind blowing across dunes. She showed me things. I don't care about that. Galloway's voice snapped him out of his daze. Rob looked at her, 
and she saw that his expression of horror wasn't just out of what he'd seen down there with the ghost. There was something deep and profound in that stare shame. He was ashamed and disgusted, with himself. The expression of a man desperate for forgiveness, but resigned to know it will never come. Galloway folded her arms. You could have done anything with that power. Something wonderful. Something beautiful or meaningful. And you didn't. And I didn't. He echoed. He wanted to let his eyes drop to the floor, but he didn't. He held her expression. He needed to see the hatred in her eyes. In all of their eyes. He needed to face the gravity of it all. Sorry, he said softly. There's a lot of destroyed lives looking at you right now, Rob, Galloway said. You better find a way to make this right. If it takes the rest of my life, I will, he said somberly. Though none of them had any reason to, oddly, they all believed him. Chapter 15 3A by the second landing, Robert Bradford had to pause. He peered up the final flight of stairs with apprehension. He did every time that he came home. The dread of facing his neighbors. But as he always did, he accepted the inevitable and started up. As he neared the top, a pair of footsteps descended. He flinched inwardly when he recognized the pink Converse sneakers, before looking up and seeing the rest of her. Kelsey Parker no longer lived across the hall from him, in 3B. She had moved out. After everything that had happened, she was still so fucking cute that it made Rob want to cry. But the smile was now gone from her big brown eyes they used to always be bright and sunny to match her disposition. She had a cute little upturned nose, and just enough of an overbite that her front teeth displayed like a chipmunk. She could have been the cutest who from Whoville, and lately the saddest. Her hair didn't seem so perky and the hoodie that she was wearing was extra baggy to hide that perfect flat tummy and those enormous e-cup tits. They paused uncomfortably, staring at each other for a moment. Rob saw the subtle way that she moved the box in her arms higher up, to cover her chest. Hi, she said. She didn't want to acknowledge him, but it just wasn't in her nature to be rude. She was just that type of person. Hi, he said flatly and looked away in shame. They passed each other one last time, and that was that. When he reached the top of the stairs, he glanced at her open apartment door. Inside, it was completely empty. That had been the final box in her arms that she carried downstairs. The overly cheerful jack-o'-lantern decoration that she'd hung on her door so many weeks ago, before all of this had started, had been taken down. He found that he missed it. Rob missed seeing something that smiled at him. Nobody did the way that Kelsey had. And he doubted nobody ever would again. With a sigh, he stepped into his apartment. You're late. The dry, humorless voice greeted him. I'm sorry, I just wanted to pick up some things for dinner. Rob stammered. Why, you're all welcome to stay. I can make enough for everyone. He added, hopefully. He didn't want to be alone, and his offer was more than just out of politeness. We've been over this, Rob. We're not here to be friends. Hallie Hargrove stood beside her technician, Alex, and one of her officers. Rob couldn't remember this fellow's name. They rotated in out so frequently. They waited patiently while Rob unpacked his groceries, then he sat down at the computer console in the turret and stretched his neck. Hallie and her men watched closely as he began to type. This had been an ongoing routine for the past few weeks. Rob had promised to set things right, and so far he had been making good on that promise. But that didn't mean that Hallie and the group trusted him. Far from it. They saw how quickly the power to manifest whatever he wanted with the simple act of typing had corrupted him into making his neighbors engage in the most despicable acts. Hallie had tried to confiscate the computer, 
taking it back to her lab for her forensics team to comb through. But the fact was, it didn't function beyond the walls of the Connolly house. When Rob or anyone typed on and outside of the apartment, a mere word document was all that was created. This needed to be done at the apartment itself. Hallie supposed she could have destroyed Rob's computer entirely, but she was intrigued by the power behind it, and wanted to further study how any of it had even been possible. Something paranormal was at play. That was the general theory among her and her team. After diving a bit deeper into the building's history, she had found accounts of the occult that had been deeply buried and hidden. At one point, a tenant or property owner, the details weren't clear, had developed an obsession with the seven deadly sins. In particular, how each sin had a specific demon who represented and personified them. This person had been an unattractive old hag who wanted control over people's sexual desires. She had a fixation on lust-hosting seances that frequently devolved into orgies and perversions of the flesh. She had been buried in the cemetery behind the property. Hallie wasn't clear on how exactly she fit in with mind control, Robert Bradford, or a computer processor turning simple words into reality. But Hallie had no doubts that the apparition in the basement was her. Under the circumstances of finding out their apartment building was haunted by the spirit of a devil-worshipping pervert with supernatural powers, most residents were packing up and fleeing for greener pastures. Kelsey Parker of 3B was one of them. Perhaps she would try to reconnect with her boyfriend a relationship Rob had been responsible for wrecking. Perhaps not. Regardless, Rob needed to hurry before everyone left. Hence why Hallie and her team spent most of their days over here. Rob was basically on an extended supervised probation. They had a system in place to monitor him. Rob had promised to use his newfound gift to try to improve people's lives, but that didn't mean they were willing to trust him. A series of fail-safes had been put into place in case he ever tried this bullshit again. Hallie wasn't taking any chances. None of them were. Rob had worked out a deal with them. It was a closed-door deal. The fact was, Hallie's firm was private law enforcement. Going public with some wild story about a computer granting supernatural powers to its user that could give them whatever they wanted with the typing of a word sounded ridiculous, and explaining to a court that said user had employed it to mind-control his neighbors into his private harem was so crackpot, Hallie would have locked herself up if she hadn't witnessed it firsthand. In this case, she and her team had to be the judge, jury, and executioners themselves. If Rob was unwilling to be cooperative, or expressed no desire to change, they would have made him disappear. Hallie had enough connections, and was friendly with enough real police who'd be more than happy to look the other way. But she also wasn't a stone-cold killer. Hallie had been fair, more fair than she had to be to a man who had no choice in the matter. She would let Rob keep his freedom, in exchange for round-the-clock supervision, and limited supervised access to his computer. She sometimes suspected that Rob sort of enjoyed the company. He seemed like a pretty lonely guy in general. And now suddenly, each day he had people hanging around in his apartment. Rob was desperately trying to make friends with them, and once in a blue moon, she'd give him a smile or let him join in a conversation with her and her men. Baby steps. She would even be willing to put him on her payroll eventually. But that would be much further down the line after he could prove to her his willingness to make amends, and that he could be trusted. But that was far, far away. For now, they had tasks to do. Rob's eyes wandered to the window and he glanced out in time to see Kelsey climbing into her car with the last of her boxes. His shoulders sagged. Saying your goodbyes? Hallie leaned against the wall, following his gaze. Yeah, I guess, Rob said without looking up. You kind of liked her, huh? He nodded. 
biggest crush I ever had. Even before the whole, you know. You know it was all hollow, right? She responded. All the affection she was showing you when you started controlling her. That wasn't her. That wasn't free will. Like that puppet in the basement. It was you all along, just making her dance. I know, he said. But sometimes it was nice to pretend. Reality is much crueler than fantasy. He swallowed and his throat bobbed. Hallie watched it. She lightly patted his shoulder. We'll stay for dinner, she said at last. Really? He seemed to perk up slightly from his inner turmoil. Really? Just don't think this makes us friends. You need to make one hell of a meal for that. Rob shook his head. No, I wouldn't assume. W what do you like? I mean for future meals? Assuming you guys want to do this again in the future. Hallie let a ghost of a smile lift the corners of her mouth. I don't know about the rest of the guys, but I'm a slut for beer and pizza. 1B Apartment 1B sat empty. Chris and TJ Berger had moved out following the events of the past several weeks. It wasn't all because of Rob and his antics in the apartment. They were a young couple and it had been in talks for a while to purchase their first house. They had moved in with TJ's parents for the fall and the winter while they saved their money, and in spring, they would begin shopping around. Something small and pretty was in both of their minds. Some place for TJ to garden and garnish with flowers and fun and life. Although either of them would know it until much later, their inability to conceive a child was no longer a problem. Miraculously, Chris's issues in that department had cured itself. Equally miraculously, before they'd moved out, all of their stolen items had been returned to them with an apology note. Everything that the burglars had been broken had been fixed and returned to their rightful places, as good as new. Similarly, Galloway's stolen guns and equipment had resurfaced in those returned goods. Chris kept in touch with Galloway and the other neighbors, feeling compelled to check in regularly. After all, that's what heroes did. With his IT background, Hallie was relentless about offering him a job with her firm, but he had yet to make a decision. Although it had its appeal. After saving his neighbors, Chris's confidence had improved tenfold. So had his sex life for that matter. Perhaps Rob's meddling had woken something up and both he and TJ's sex was practically acrobatic now. They'd broken their fair share of furniture, or come home from long walks in the park with grass stains on their knees and TJ's panties missing. Not that Chris would ever endorse an open relationship after what he'd witnessed, but there was something about watching another man take his wife that spurred his own assertive tendencies to life. They would be just fine. 1A Apartment 1A also sat empty. The three college students had moved out and parted ways. They were a bit freaked out. Lucy moved to a different apartment, and although she had been horrified to learn all of the things she'd done under the control of Rob, a small guilty part of her was slightly proud. She had acted and dressed in ways she would never in a million years have had the self-confidence to do under normal circumstances. And she'd seduced a sexy older man in uniform and he'd gone along with it, of his own free will, no less. It was still horrifying and embarrassing, but part of Lucy felt a little surge of triumph over it all. She kept in touch with the investigators and private police force who'd saved her. Captain Graver checked in on her once in a while too. That attention was nice, even if he was already taken. And Investigator Hargrove bore her no ill will. If anything, Hallie often teased Graver about his new admirer. Tina and her family had gone into therapy. There wasn't much to tell there. They all had some issues that needed resolving, and Dad's money was getting them there. Danny had the biggest obstacles to surmount. Low on funds, Danny had transferred to a community college in a different city, 
and relocated a few hours away. She had tentatively reconnected with her brother. They'd spoken about the situation, hashing out what they had done via video chat with a sense of embarrassment. But they had always been close and they needed to get through it, and put it past them point one thing that both she and Bill had agreed on was that they were too dependent on each other emotionally. In the Middle East, isolated from the world, Bill had started to see Danny as a girlfriend that kept him motivated. He needed to separate those feelings and put them in different boxes. And Danny realized that she needed to stop putting all of her self-worth in her big brother. She needed to become her own woman and find someone that she could connect with romantically. They still kept in touch, but they severed much of their emotional ties. 2A Ethan was up when his alarm screeched. He hated that thing. Self-righteous pain in the ass, he said to the clock as he slapped it into silence. But despite the tiredness, he was going to work, and that brought him joy. Working at a library was nothing glamorous, but it gave him some identity, didn't make him feel so helpless, and allowed him to contribute around the house. He snugged his arms into his crutches and made for the bathroom. Along the way, he passed his mother. She was fixing her earrings as she was heading for work. Have a great day, she said with a cheerful smile. She leaned in to give him a peck on the cheek, but hesitated. The worry washed over her features, she thought the better of it, and moved along. Things were still a little weird between Ethan and his mother. Once she had come to terms with everything that had happened, there was a lot of guilt and shame. Influenced and undermined control or not, she had still had sex with her son, her baby boy, and she felt horrible about it. She was having trouble forgiving herself, even if Ethan forgave her. Ethan had made every effort to try to get his mother back into the groove of normalcy coming to terms with what happened. After all, he'd been a participant too, and as much as it pained him to admit it, he'd been a willing participant. The fact was, he'd never been mind-controlled, and as much as he tried to resist her sexual advances, he was weaker than he thought. His mother was a good-looking woman, and the temptation just too great. They'd spoken about it at length several times, clearing the air and getting all of the cards out on the table. They now seemed at the stage where they accepted it, and could move on in a relatively functional way. But Ethan often sensed lingering shame and sometimes, sexual tension. That tension sometimes worried the both of them. Maybe Meg hadn't been as strongly controlled as they both liked to believe. But that revelation was enough to decide that Meg needed to start dating again. At the moment, Ethan was the only man in her life, and she needed to loosen that cord a bit, before the wires in her head crossed into something more. Ethan watched her head off to work, knowing that she would do just fine. She was a hottie. She would have no trouble finding someone. Ethan hobbled into the bathroom and began his rituals, listing off the things he'd want to do before he left for work. Shower, make coffee, pack a lunch. Maybe he'd make one for Galloway. He was also considering what he wanted to say in some little note to tack to her door, just like old times. He showered with all of these thoughts in mind, not thinking about much else other than his day ahead. When he made to step out of the tub, he accidentally knocked his crutches from the spot they were leaning. He swore as they toppled into a planter that his mother had placed beside the toilet. He darted across the floor and caught it before it could break. That was when it hit him. He was walking without the crutches. What the hell? His brow lowered in confusion. He was in the middle of the bathroom floor, totally naked, and standing with no problems or ailments. Tentatively, he took a step and rested his weight cautiously on his leg. There were no muscle tremors, no spasms, no cramps, and no issues. His knees moved smoothly and his ankles pivoted. Ethan stood in the bathroom for a long time, testing each leg, one by one, 
back and forth. He bent, he crouched, he stretched, and he flexed his muscles. He was mystified. Slowly something began to dawn on him, and he glanced at the ceiling above him. Oh my God! he said out loud. He jumped a little, coming down with a dull thump. His legs were working. Oh my fucking God! he shouted, more excited than ever. His first thought was, I have to show Galloway. He was so excited that he almost forgot to put on pants before he dashed across the hall. By the time he was finished showing Galloway this miraculous transformation, they were both crying and hugging each other. Tooby Galloway found Haley and Captain Graver in Haley's cramped second-floor office. It was disorganized and, much like the owner, it was modest and purely functionary. Her training was almost complete. In a matter of days, Kate Galloway would be an official private police officer for this firm. A soldier for hire with the skills of an officer, investigator, security guard, bodyguard, and crisis responder. But before that became a reality, she needed to have a talk with her bosses. Graver was waiting patiently with his broad arms folded and his butt resting on the edge of the desk. Hallie looked over from their conversation. Her expression didn't register surprise. It seldom did. Galloway, what brings you out here? Hallie asked. Hey, I wanted to have a talk with you about something, if you've got a minute, Galloway said. Her mind was already made up on this. The decision was a little rash, but she wasn't going to back down. Galloway's face, which was normally so placid and filled with good humor, today looked hollow and a little drained. That's fine, Hallie replied. She looked to Graver, then back to Galloway. We wanted to have a talk with you as well. Now Galloway was taken aback. You did? You go first, she said, worried how this might affect what she was about to ask of her bosses. Relax, you're not in any trouble, Graver chimed in. A corner of Hallie's mouth lifted in a slightly amused smile. She plucked Kate's file from the corner of the desk and flipped through dozens of pages of her training regiment and certifications. Galloway remained cautiously silent. I was talking with the captain and the instructors over at the state police that you've been working with. We're all really impressed with you. Galloway's eyebrows lifted. Really? They both nodded. You know the captain. He talks you up. Graver added. I've known you for a long time and believe you to be a sincerely good person. I trust you to make good decisions and put the safety of everyone around you above all else. Hallie agrees. I don't know how dedicated you are to the job, but I certainly think you're dedicated to yourself and those who trust you. Likewise, we've both seen you in action. And everything we throw at you, you handle. You handle it all with an even temper and a bring-it-on attitude that impresses the hell out of us. Galloway shrugged, feeling a little uncomfortable about the compliments. I appreciate the kind words, but I don't know about that. Pretty much everything I've done during training, I've been scared shitless for. That's a good thing, Graver said. You're supposed to be scared. If you weren't, I'd think you were reckless. We want to make you an offer. I know you're training to be a regular officer at our firm. But the truth is, we want you to lead the tactical division here. Galloway blinked. She hadn't been expecting that. Lead it? I thought you're the one who dash, I do, but I've got a lot on my plate. Most of my time is spent dealing with clients and contracts and strategies. That doesn't allow me much time to work with the men in a hands-on kind of way. That's where you come in. I need a second in command. We want you to train the new recruits, work with them, lead the men any way you see fit, and run the field ops. They answer to you. Think you're up for it? Galloway was dumbstruck. It sounded like a lot to handle almost to an intimidating degree. Could she do it? 
but she thought of Ethan and what he would tell her. He would believe there was no other job that she was better suited for. Galloway found herself accepting, and almost forgot to bring up what she had come here to say. I'll do it, she told them. But there's a big stipulation. It's conditional on my accepting. They waited. I want you to hire Quinn. Quinn had recently been released from the hospital. His injuries from his spill down the stairs had recovered the broken bones in his wrist and hand. He still had back problems, although after Ethan miraculously getting over his cerebral palsy, Galloway suspected that Quinn's injury wouldn't be a problem much longer, but she didn't want to count on it. All that aside, it was his attitude that worried her. He was experiencing a loss of purpose adrift in his own feelings of despair. He needed something to save him. She could see it hiding in his eyes, or just behind his smile that didn't seem so bright anymore. It was a battle he was struggling to fight, and he was losing. Quinn was born to be an officer, Galloway continued. Back injury or not, I think if you took a chance on him, he wouldn't let it slow him down. No police department will take him, strictly because of his medical history, and it's killing him. I can vouch for him, he won't let you down. Hallie looked reluctant. Graver gave it some serious thought. Kate let them mull it over. You worked with him before. What are your thoughts? Hallie asked Captain Graver. He shrugged. Quinn's a lovable asshole. But it's your decision who's on your payroll. Is it going to be a problem, working in close proximity to him? Hallie said. Her eyebrow arched ever so slightly, and Galloway knew what Hellfire was driving at their tendency to sleep together while on the job. Galloway shook her head. Sex or not, they always had a good working relationship, and she was sure they would now. Hallie still didn't look entirely certain. She had met Quinn a few times in the past. Her initial impressions of him hadn't sat well. They hadn't liked each other right from the start. To her, he was an insufferable cynic who couldn't outgrow his own views of the world. Finally she sighed. Damn you, Galloway. A little sparkle of amusement crossed her face and Galloway found herself sighing with relief. Hallie held up her finger in the air. You will work with him closely, especially to keep him in shape and up to standards. He's got an injury so you need to find a way to work with and around that. Two. If you can keep him from annoying me, and the entire rest of the team, then I guess he's in. Galloway smiled brightly. I'll keep him on a short leash. All right then, Hallie said, the matter settled. She slid a file across the desk. You've got three new recruits starting in a few weeks just as soon as their background's clear. Chick Brubaker, Britt Lincoln, and Eddie Foster. They're your men now. Train them however you see fit. You can start Quinn with them as well provided you can work around his injuries as he heals. Galloway didn't realize her heart was pounding. Captain Graver stood and gave her a salute. Dismissed, Lieutenant. Galloway returned with a sharp salute, an about-face, and left the office, practically jogging with joy. Good news seemed to be coming rapid-fire lately. She couldn't wait to tell Quinn and Ethan. 2B she found them both in the kitchen as she arrived home from her meeting with Graver and Hallie. Quinn and Ethan were in the kitchen. Ethan's mother was on a date with someone from work, and he decided to hang out with Quinn. Quinn was rolling some simmering brats around in a pan while caramelizing onions. He and Ethan were in the middle of debating which actor played the better Batman. Ethan wasn't willing to back down from bail. Quinn just sighed. Can't we both just agree that Clooney was the worst? Galloway stood in the doorway, enjoying the scene for a moment. To see them hanging out and getting along considering they had once been in a weird rivalry for her attention, was warming her heart. What's for dinner? She asked with a delighted smile lingering on her lips.
Brats, Ethan said. He had been spending more and more time over here since the incident with Rob. In part, he was avoiding his mother, who he had sort of began to drift away from. Maybe it had to do with the sex, or maybe he was just naturally at the age where he was ready to fly the nest. Foods that are dick-shaped. She smirked. Nice. Ethan reddened. Quinn snickered. How many do you want? They're pretty big. Galloway didn't even let him finish before she was running her tongue over her upper lip. I want two, at the same time. This time both of them turned bright red. But Quinn laughed. That's my girl. Ethan got up as Galloway joined them, offering her a seat. You don't have to get up every time I walk into a room, Galloway remarked. You've seen me sitting down far too much, he said with a smile, relishing his newfound ability to walk without orthopedic aids. In other words, you want to show off how spry and agile you are, she grinned. Well, yeah, that too. He rubbed the back of his head sheepishly. So I have some more good news, she said excitedly. Quinn glanced up from the stove and paused. Guess who Captain Graver just asked to be his commanding officer in the field and number two? Quinn thought for a second, then his eyes widened. No way! Galloway nodded proudly. He made me a lieutenant! Ethan lit up. Quinn smirked. That's only because he got to see you naked. She punched him. You're an ass. I am not. I think you'll make a terrific number two. She punched him harder. Quinn only continued to laugh louder. But seriously, Kate, we're proud of you. Hell yes we are. Ethan beamed. I want to celebrate after dinner. Galloway insisted. You got it. They ate and chatted and bantered. Galloway sat and savored the moment, feeling like for the first time in a long time, everything was as it should be. It was funny, she mused, what had to happen to them all for them to achieve this. What Rob had done was messed up, but without him playing his part, Ethan and Quinn would never have warmed up to each other the way that they had. Galloway watched them talk with an easy smile on her lips. Either the physical therapy was working wonders, or Rob's supervised time on his computer was paying off, because Quinn no longer seemed to be aware of his back problems. And Ethan, without his crutches, he was a knockout. He'd be quite the heartbreaker. His confidence was already on the rise and it was only a matter of time before he'd find himself flirting more and more with the ladies. Galloway decided this was a rare time where she ought to make the most of these fleeting moments and really savor them. She excused herself for a minute as the men cleared the table. Quinn rummaged through the fridge for a minute and came out with three beers. He passed one to Ethan. You know I'm not twenty-one, right? Ethan said. You know I'm not a cop anymore, right? Quinn replied. Touché. There's not a lot of beer. Quinn called down the hall to Galloway. If you want, I can quick run out. Or we can go for ice cream? It's your promotion. How did you want to celebrate? It was quiet for a moment in the apartment. Then the door clicked open and Galloway stepped into view. Quinn and Ethan's jaws dropped at the same instant. Galloway was standing in just her boots and a black lace thong. Her duty belt hung cockeyed on her hips, and her vest was just barely zipped mostly open, revealing her cleavage in all its glory. She wasn't wearing a bra. She stood in front of them, almost completely naked, with her solidified uniform. A naughty soldier. When I said I wanted two at the same time, I wasn't talking about the brats. She teased as she strutted into the kitchen. Neither man knew what to say. They just looked completely dumbfounded. And the color that splashed across both of their cheeks made her smile. It was cute. They had both seen her naked before. She and Quinn were regulars even at group sex. 
and Ethan had slept with her once before. There were hardly any secrets there, but the way they glanced at each other, then back at Galloway, you'd swear they'd never been in this situation before. A.R. you serious? Quinn asked. Galloway rolled her eyes and opened her vest, revealing her perky tits and hard nipples. No, I'm half naked because I'm showing you my new uniform. What the hell do you think? Ethan looked at Quinn. Are you all right with this? Quinn was a little taken aback. He was fine with it, but this was new territory, sharing her with Ethan who even though he was of age, Quinn still regarded as a kid. I am if you are, he admitted, even as his pants began to bulge. The excitement wasn't just because of Galloway's amazing body and eagerness to reveal it. They were going to involve this innocent neighbor who Galloway viewed in a protective little brother manner, and he regarded her like a goddess. There was something so taboo about it. Before they could discuss it further, Galloway seized each of them by the collars of their shirts. Ethan was first. She pressed her lips hard into his mouth, her tongue finding his and fluttering over it. He shut his eyes after a second, and his posture seemed to melt. Then she switched to Quinn. His face was rougher than Ethan's smooth baby face. Their tongues rolled together. Quinn was much less nervous about what was to happen, finding his groove with Galloway's tongue very quickly. When she pulled away, both men had managed to shut up. Then she dragged them to the bedroom like she was leading two dogs on a leash. When they were in the warm embrace of the soft lights, Galloway greedily went back for another long kiss from each of them. There was more passion this time. Her lips locked onto a nervous Ethan. Don't be nervous, she whispered to him, but her own body was trembling with excitement as well. This was very different from the rough gang bangs she'd experienced, thanks to Rob. There was real emotion behind how she felt about Ethan and Quinn. As their tongues played, she took his nervous hands and ran them behind her body, over the curves of her exposed ass cheeks. Ethan was tentative at first, but then he started to squeeze and rub. Quinn was already feeling her from behind, rubbing her breasts beneath her vest. He teased her nipples until they grew hard. There was a strange but welcome vibe to the room that was very different than the rough debaucherous sex of the last several weeks. There was a feeling of passion and danger, like they shouldn't be doing this, but all of them wanted to of their own free will. Both men were hard and neither said a word as Galloway's hands slipped down to rub both of them through their pants. Mm, my men, she purred softly, her fingers teasing around their bulges, encouraging them to grow larger and larger. Galloway's lips slipped off of Ethan's as she sucked in an excited breath between her parted lips. Ethan couldn't pull his mouth from her skin. She tasted too good, smelled too good. His mouth roamed down her cheek to her neck where he kissed and licked at her skin. Her hair tickled his face. Quinn kissed his way down the opposite side, still massaging her chest, pinching her nipples softly and kneading the flesh of her C-cups. They were both breathing heavily as they peppered her neck with warm, hungry mouths. She rubbed at their bulges, but their roaming incessant hands and moving bodies were making it difficult. She reached up, running her fingers through their hair and beginning to force their mouths down her body. She pulled open her vest, exposing her chest. Galloway's fingers each closed around a handful of their hair, and she pushed their faces into her chest. Come on, boys, this is team effort. She moaned, pleased with herself as Quinn wrapped his lips around her left nipple, and Ethan, her right one. Both men started to suck at her. Fuck, we should have done this sooner. She groaned, tilting her face up to the ceiling. Much sooner. She ran her hands up and down over the backs of their heads pushing them harder and harder against her boobs. Their tongues roamed, teasing her nipples, tasting her skin. It seemed like they couldn't get enough of tasting her. They sucked hungrily, 
finding their voices a little, moaning as they laughed at her. Galloway was trembling with anticipation, though she didn't want to rush things. All in due time. But her arms were already breaking out in goosebumps. The thrill was overpowering. Her legs began to tremble with the same excitement that she once had for the artificial bad man fetish. The men suckling at her chest became more aggressive, eager, and hungry. She couldn't take much more of their muffled moans and warm wet mouths. She pulled Ethan upright and let her needs do the rest. She shoved him backward onto the bed. I can't wait to try out this fully functioning body of yours. She shed her silly tactical vest and began to crawl up his body. She stopped when her head was level with his crotch. Ethan stared down at her, a little afraid, but tremendously excited. She ran her hand over the bulge in his jeans and let her tongue taste it over the denim. She wagged her butt as she undid Ethan's zipper. Quinn, you know what to do, she said over her shoulder. Indeed, Quinn was already on it. He slid her thong down her smooth firm ass and knelt behind her. In a moment, she felt his rough stubble and warm kisses being planted on the sensitive areas of the backs of her thighs, traveling inward. God, I forgot how big you are. Galloway cooed when she managed to free Ethan's dick from his pants. With her pretty face and flushed cheeks hovering over his crotch, it was impossible for Ethan to not be at full attention. His cock stood tall and proud. He gasped as she folded her warm fingers around his bare flesh and began to stroke. Her eyes weren't on his cock, but on him. They seemed to stare right through him. He shivered, and she stroked him smoothly, coaxing the first drop of precum into forming on the very tip. Oh, oh God, Kate. He panted softly. She gave the underside of his shaft a little flick of the tongue. Uh Uh-huh, she responded. The drop broke free and rolled down his throbbing shaft. Instinct kicked in and Galloway chased it with her tongue. She licked and tickled his cock all the way down as she plunged her mouth. She didn't stop until she reached his balls, and once there, Galloway parted her lips and took one of them softly into her mouth. Ethan moaned excitedly as she sucked them. All the while she never broke that hard penetrating stare that her ice-blue eyes regarded him with. As she knelt in front of Ethan's excited crotch, behind her, Quinn held Galloway by the hips and buried his face into her pussy. She was excited and it showed. She was positively soaked. He chased the juices along her pouty pink lips with a long lap from his tongue, then he probed at her pussy until she shook her ass and moaned pleasantly. Her moans were muffled, because she was hard at work, basting Ethan's balls with her lips. She sucked at them one by one, and took long tastes of them, coating them lovingly with her saliva. Her hand pumped Ethan's shaft steadily. All he had to do was lay back and enjoy. When Galloway was sure his balls were given the attention they deserved, Galloway ran her tongue up the shaft toward the head. Her movements were a little too quick she was excited to have Ethan in her mouth once again, and his face reflected that same eagerness. Galloway paused at the tip, only for a second to see the desperation in his eyes. Then she smiled and plunged him into her mouth. He moaned out in pleasure, as her warm mouth came down on him all at once. Then she was sucking and bobbing and stroking and moaning. The moans weren't entirely from the taste of Ethan's manhood in her mouth. Behind her, Quinn was fucking her with just his tongue. He delivered fast little flicks inside of her pussy. But it wasn't enough, and they both knew it. She sank her hips down on his upturned face until she was practically sitting on him, his nose pressing against her ass. His tongue slid out of her pussy and began to lap at her clit. That was what set her off moaning louder. Quinn sucked and licked at her clit, using his tongue, using his lower lip. He was putting all of his effort into pleasuring her with just his mouth. His hands had a firm hold of her hips, 
and he was pushing her back and forth against his face in little humping gestures. Galloway's hand spun in circles around Ethan's shaft. She stroked him into her mouth as she sucked and slobbered noisily. Ethan was moaning. He remembered Oral feeling good last time, but forgot how good it really was. Galloway. He began to pant. Galloway. I'm... I'm close. To his surprise, Galloway only grinned and sucked harder, faster. Her lips tightened and her hand moved in faster and faster jerks. Oh shit. He gasped. Uh-huh-m-m-m-h-m-m-m. Uh-huh. She urged him, alternating as his cock slid in and out of her hungry lips. She was bucking her ass against Quinn's mouth excitedly. She didn't think she could slow down on Ethan's cock, even if she wanted to. It was just going to have to happen. Oh no! Ethan's abs flexed. He half sat up. Yes. Galloway's incessant bobbing went on and on. Suddenly Ethan's cock erupted. The first few ropes flew into Galloway's expectant mouth. But then she popped off of her friend's dick and watched geyser after geyser fire from the tip of his jumping cock. It covered his own stomach and lap in a milky glazy mess. Galloway's hand stroked furiously, pumping him the whole way through his eruption. Ethan was gripping the sheets and moaning with pleasure. Oh, ham. He grunted, his eyes clenched shut. Then his eyes popped open, and embarrassment colored his cheeks. I'm sorry that was so quick, he stammered. You're just so hot, and you're so good. I've had a lot of practice. She winked at him and ran his wet cock over her lower lip. I know you wanted a threesome, but I hadn't expected to dash. She shushed him. Do I look like I'm slowing down any time soon? She grinned as her hand continued to stroke him. You're just going to have to get hard again. I suspect that won't be very hard to do. She winked. He laughed nervously. Quinn, get on the bed. She ordered her friend. I need your dick too. Quinn came up for air. Thank God. I was starting to get a neck cramp at that angle. He grinned. His lips were wet with her juices. Shut up and lay down. She ordered him, not amused by his complaints. He lay beside Ethan and started to shed his pants. Galloway used that time to clean up Ethan with her mouth. He'd coated his own lap with a considerable amount of cum, and Galloway wanted to make sure that not a single drop escaped her appetite. She dragged her tongue across his stomach, scooping and collecting his seed in her mouth, before swallowing it hungrily, then returning for more. Ethan sucked in a breath and giggled softly as her tongue slid across the ticklish areas of his hip flexors. She lapped it off of his shaft, and balls and inner thighs, drinking it down like the nectar of life. By the time she was finished, Ethan had managed to grow fully hard again. Galloway shifted so she was knelt between Quinn and Ethan. Quinn had discarded his pants and was stroking his cock as he watched. Galloway transferred her mouth from Ethan's cock to Quinn's. She devoured him as enthusiastically as she did Ethan. One hand around Ethan and one around Quinn. Maybe it was greedy on her part, but she couldn't have been more fulfilled in her life. The two men who she cared about the most— and she was getting to have them both at the same time. How could a girl possibly be so lucky? She was much rougher with Quinn. He could take it. She swallowed him all the way to the back of her throat. She teased him with her teeth. She jerked him hard enough that his balls slapped against her chin. At one point, Quinn rested his hand on the back of her head, petting her hair. Galloway snatched his hands and pinned them to the bed. She didn't need his help. She bounced and nodded her head taking him up and down faster and faster. Quinn was gasping excitedly. Galloway felt that excitement as well. She popped off of his cock and instantly dropped her head into Ethan's lap. 
He startled at the aggressive way that she gobbled him right up. She bobbed her head several times, then went back to Quinn again for another suck. She alternated back and forth like that. You boys aren't going to fight over me, are you? She taunted at one point, on her knees between them, in nothing but her boots and duty belt. One cock in each hand that she was stroking furiously. They shook their heads. No, I think we can get along just this once. Quinn grinned. Ethan nodded his agreement enthusiastically. And I'm good, because this is so much more fun when you work together. She remarked. She turned, inched herself higher so she could lean over above Ethan's flushed face. She stopped an inch from his and smiled. It was a naughty smile. Remember how we first started out when we fucked last time? He nodded quickly. How it was sweet and loving? This time I want you to get behind me and fuck me like an animal. He swallowed but nodded. No. She almost seemed to snarl. The desire for the two of them bringing out the aggression in her. Ethan nearly jumped up. He clambered behind her as Galloway ordered Quinn to kneel in front. Ethan rubbed his cock nervously between her inner thighs. She shook her ass at him and peered over her shoulder. Go on then, she said, holding Quinn's cock close to her mouth like a microphone. You know what to do. Indeed Ethan did, because a moment later, and he was sinking his cock into her sopping pussy. Galloway squealed in delight, one that sounded like when she was being sluttily defiled by the demons and robbers of her past. But this one was authentic and filled with love. God, Ethan. She moaned as he sank his length further and further until his body came to rest against her firm ass. You are an absolute fucking stallion. Ethan smiled through his heavy breathing and flushed with confidence, held on to her hips and started to slide himself in and out of her body. Not that it was necessary. Galloway already started bringing her but back to meet his thrusts. She turned her attention back to Quinn, and with Ethan finding his rhythm fucking her from behind, she gripped Quinn's cock in her hand, stroking him softly and resting the head of his member against her lips. He smiled at her as she stared up at him. I love you. She mouthed the words. His smile grew. I know you do, Kate, he replied. She wrapped her lips lovingly around his shaft and lowered her mouth over him. Quinn let out a groan. God, it had been too long since Kate had him in her mouth. He couldn't resist bucking his hips, just as Ethan drove himself into her. Galloway didn't mind. If anything, she enjoyed the men fucking her from either side. She let go of Quinn's cock and held him by the hips, letting him take charge. He reached down and swept her hair back from her face. Both he and Ethan drove into her at the same time. Ethan glanced up and saw Quinn's level of concentration. He blushed red again and looked down. No worries, kid, Quinn grunted. This isn't the first time Galloway's been spit-roasted. We're experts. Blah. Galloway spit his cock out of her mouth. Do you really have to call it that? Like I'm some kind of hog? Ethan and Quinn both laughed, and after a second, Galloway joined in. The tension eased and Galloway returned Quinn's cock to her mouth, sucking and bobbing with renewed vigor. She must have been doing a good job, because Quinn went silent, his jaw went slack. For long minutes, they made no sounds other than the soft, eager sucking of Galloway's mouth and the hungry, muted moans that escaped her. Ethan held her by the ass, listening to the steady light slaps that he made each time he slid his cock between those beautiful pink pussy lips. Ethan was aware that he could hear his own heart pounding, and for some inexplicable reason, he had the overwhelming urge to blurt it out. I love you, Galloway. He grunted and instantly regretted it. Quinn smiled easily. Take a number, kid. Galloway came off of Quinn's cock and smiled at her younger friend. Ethan was already blushing, 
worried that his heat-of-the-moment comment might have put the brakes on the whole threesome. But he was feeling it, and for some reason needed to say it. Galloway turned and knelt in front of Ethan. I'd kiss you if my mouth hadn't just been stuffed with Quinn's cock. Oh, who cares? Ethan said and pulled himself forward. His lips met hers and their tongues rolled together in frenzied passion. When they finally came up for air, Galloway said, I love you too, Ethan. Both of you. Then she eased Ethan back onto the bed and climbed on top of him. I want you both at the same time, she said as she scooted herself until her hips were over top of Ethan's throbbing manhood. Quinn knew where she was going with this and moved in behind her. On his back beneath her, Ethan could only gaze up into Galloway's face. She took him by the hands, just like she had when she took Ethan's virginity. She laced her fingers through his and wiggled her hips until his stiffness returned to her pussy. She lowered herself slowly, waiting until she felt Quinn pressing against her ass. Fuck, this is such a dream. Galloway moaned softly, her eyes closing and an expression of satisfaction and calm joy crossed her face. You always were a sucker for double penetration, Quinn remarked as he pressed himself into her ass. Galloway bit her lip, sucking in a breath through her teeth. It's amazing. You should try it sometime. I'll pass, Quinn said, enjoying the sensation of Galloway's ass swallowing up his cock. He sank himself all the way down as Galloway sat on Ethan's cock. Galloway slowly started to move her hips as the two men were fully inside of her now. She peered down at Ethan. What do you think of DP, Ethan? It's weird, he admitted, feeling the tightness of her pussy as she slowly and steadily moved her body. But I think just because there's three of us. Galloway panted, bracing with her strong arms, her fingers clenched through Ethan's, which she had pinned to the pillow. Don't like the crowd, huh? Shy boy. Her eyes were mostly shut, lost in the pleasure that their simultaneous penetration brought her. Ethan moaned more as she sank down on him and rocked her hips from side to side to tease them both. I wouldn't do this with any other two friends, he admitted. Plus, it's kind of bad, seeing you like this. It turns me on. It is bad, that's why I like this. Galloway grunted, her back arching, her wide hips pushing back into their thrusts. She waggled her hips back and forth before resuming her slow, easy riding. She ran her tongue over her upper lip, letting them sweep her up in the moment. Then she dropped forward until she was laying on top of Ethan. She was grunting softly. Her firm, heavy breasts pressed against Ethan's bare chest. She licked teasingly at his lips, her hair draped over one side of his face. Fuck me. Both of you, fuck me. Punish me for being such a bad slut. Her words spurred more eager thrusts from the two of them. Before long, Quinn was driving his cock deeper, in and out of her in long excited strokes, while Ethan braced his newly working legs on the mattress and bucked up into her. Both men were passive personalities, and Galloway's demands were exactly the inspiration they needed to go at her harder and faster. The bed began its slow rhythmic knocking against the wall. Galloway's voice came out in steady moans with each exhale. Her eyes were still shut, and her tongue sampled and savored the taste of Ethan's lips. That's it. She moaned around Ethan's mouth, just loud enough Ethan and Quinn to hear. Fuck me, fuck me, fuck fuck me, fuck me, fuck me. She panted. They built up to a fast, steady speed. The headboard continued to pound against the wall, faster and faster. The mattress was beginning to squeak aloud, protesting the weight of three moving sinners. Galloway was all too aware of how much Rob had control over her turn-ons because now that he was no longer pulling the strings, Galloway realized that this was her biggest turn on taking the two men she cared about the most into her body, sharing herself with the people she loved.
Even as she thought of the way the two of them moved their bodies to pleasure her, it was too much. Oh God, harder, harder, she panted. I'm going. I'm going to, oh fuck, I'm going to come. Her eyes bulged, and she grabbed Ethan by the hair and covered his mouth with eager kisses. Quinn lay across her back, and together they sandwiched Galloway between them. Their cocks working the whole time to power through her orgasm and continue fucking as she came out the other side of her pleasure. Galloway's lips pulled hard on Ethan's tongue, sucking at it. She whimpered and cried out in between their kisses. Her body convulsed, as her wetness ran freely down Ethan's member. He and Quinn didn't relent working together like she wanted them to. When she was finally able to regain her wits, Galloway relaxed her smile and her eyes lazed, half-lidded. You boys made me come so fucking hard, she panted. We make a very good team. Let's try something. Ethan breathed after a minute. Even Galloway was taken aback by this sudden display of confidence. She knew Ethan to do what he was told, not take the initiative around a woman who intimidated him. Quinn and Galloway climbed off of him. Galloway met Ethan's eyes, and for a second, the momentary flash of confidence in his expression made her not recognize him. It was sexy. Quinn, lay down, Ethan instructed. Then he met Galloway's expression. I don't think it's fair that you're in control all the time. I want you a little powerless. He teased, and again, Galloway thought him calling the shots was a bit sexy. Sit down on Quinn, you're back to him. Yes, sir, she said, deliberately sounding slightly meek. Part of it was authentic excitement and nervousness. She gave a snappy salute, then laid down on Quinn's chest, returning his big heavy cock to her ass. Quinn held open Galloway's legs, making sure they were in the air and not on the bed where she could brace herself. Then Ethan lay down between her open legs where he belonged and returned his cock to her pussy, their bodies sandwiching once again. You've been a bad officer, haven't you? Ethan asked, as he started to rough-fuck Galloway. His hips moving with an ability he hadn't had weeks ago. Yes, I have, sir, she said, her voice breaking and growing higher as Ethan rammed his cock in and out of her. Galloway hardly recognized her friend, but she liked it. He was showing a side of himself that she'd never seen before. And you need to be punished, don't you? He asked, reaching up her head and running his fingers through her hair. She thought he was going to kiss her, but instead, he locked onto her ponytail and gave her a gentle but firm tug to bring her face in line with his. I do. Punish me, sir. Seeing her own legs held off the bed by these two men, who fucked her from different angles drove her wild. Quinn's cock pushed in and out of her body. With the sheen of sweat and bodily juices building up on all of them, they practically glided against each other now. Ethan's thrusting was growing much more aggressive, he glanced down between their bodies to watch his cock disappear inside of her. His body was doing things it never could before, and he was astonished. When he looked back up to Galloway, she was astonished too, and somewhat smitten. Her eyes were glazed over in a lusty expression. How can I make up for being such a slut, sir? I shame the entire department, she pleaded. You're going to fuck your captain every day, Ethan grunted. His hips a blur that only his youthful energy could deliver. Every day, sir? I mean, yes, captain. Galloway could barely move, and yet she loved it. The bed springs were squealing with the same delight that she felt. And every officer and trainee, Ethan continued. His balls were slapping against Quinn's as they rough-fucked her now. But it was unavoidable and neither one wanted to stop. Every single one? But there's so many. She grunted. Are you a team player or not? Ethan moaned. I am, sir. She moaned, 
her head lolling slightly from the physical exhaustion. They were throwing her around harder and rougher. The headboard wasn't just bumping the wall but slamming into it. The floorboards creaked and groaned. Then you're going to fuck the entire department. That's your job now to be the department slut. And I'll be the best department slut I can possibly be, she assured him, her eyes rolling back in her head. Yes, you will. I'll line the men up daily and they'll run a train on you. Oh, fuck, Galloway cried out. The orgasm that rocked her was so fierce that she saw stars dazzling in front of her eyes. Her pussy was practically gushing as her muscles tensed and convulsed. Ethan could feel her muscles squeezing his shaft so hard, and he pressed his mouth into hers and they kissed like never before the fierce desperate kisses of a sexual frenzy that neither had been in together before. By the time Galloway's orgasm was subsiding, Ethan felt his own beginning with a small tingle and rapidly spreading up and down his length. Oh fuck, guys, I'm going to come soon. Quinn cried out beneath Galloway's bouncing ass. Me too. Ethan broke their kiss long enough to reply before Galloway grabbed Ethan's head and locked right back onto his mouth. There were no more words shared. Galloway didn't urge them on, or give them any directions, or plead with him, or tell them how she wanted it. Everyone knew what to do their bodies knew exactly what they wanted. They kept right on fucking. Ethan's body pumping hard, all raw reproductive instinct now. Their movements were so fast and rough, Quinn and Ethan alternating their movements, in and out of her like they were sawing back and forth. The bedroom was simply a chorus of muffled moans that grew louder and higher by the second. Then it all happened at once. Ethan's cock gave a spasm and went off deep inside of Kate Galloway. A moment later, and Quinn joined him, exploding inside of Galloway's ass. Their semen flooded her from either end. Feeling the convulsions running up and down their thrusting shafts sent Galloway into another orgasm. The three lovers climaxed together. Ethan's balls drained into her pussy, spasm after spasm, until it ran from her body and down between her legs. Quinn's cock was coated with a healthy amount of Ethan's cum, but he couldn't worry about that now. He had his own orgasm to worry about, because as Galloway's muscles tightened around the two of them, his cum shot deeper into her. By the time all three of them were done, they collapsed in a sweaty heap on the damp bedspread. They all lay catching their breath and staring at the ceiling in a sex-drunk haze. Finally Quinn was the one who asked it. Did that really just happen? Do you need to see proof? Galloway smirked and ran her hand between her legs, bringing the mess to Quinn's face. Get out of here with that. He tried to push her hand away, before having to flee from her unrelenting fingers. Galloway laughed for a long time before reluctantly climbing from the bed. You boys made quite the mess. She hurried to the bathroom, and after a few moments, they heard the shower start up. Quinn and Ethan glanced down at themselves, slightly repulsed by the cum that was clinging to their laps. Galloway leaned out of the open bathroom door. Are you idiots coming or not? They didn't need to be told twice. They hurried after her and joined her in the shower. It was a tight fit, and they all squeezed together beneath the hot water. But pressed that close together, with Galloway once again in the middle, it wasn't long before things started to happen. And they didn't stop happening until the water ran cold and they had to shut it off. Naked and wet, they fucked in the bathtub Galloway bent over and sucking on Ethan while Quinn fucked her from behind. They tried to behave when they dried off and returned to the bedroom for their clothes, but once again, Galloway couldn't stop herself from planting a kiss on each of them, kisses that turned into makeouts, that turned into much, much more. By the time it really was over and they were too exhausted for another romp, they collapsed on the bed, Galloway in the middle, holding their hands as they fell into a deep sleep. 
2 a.a. couple weeks had passed since the night that Galloway had shared herself with Quinn and Ethan. They hadn't had a threesome like that since. Quinn and Ethan certainly wouldn't have been opposed to it doing it again, but Galloway decided it best if they didn't. Ethan was a young man who was free to discover the world. And as much as she wanted to boost his self-confidence, she also knew that too much affection would make him dependent on her. She loved him as a friend, and more, but she wanted what was best for him that was to eventually find a healthy relationship out there in the world. Truthfully, the other reason was for Quinn, and a bit for herself. Galloway, who had always been pretty sexually free with her body, found herself wanting something a bit different. She loved Quinn, she always had, but his tumble down the stairs had made her realize something. She was in love with him. She didn't so much want to be shared, as much as she wanted him to be the only one she went to bed with. It was a somewhat new feeling after so many years of being best friends and fuck buddies. But it was a feeling that she wanted to nurture. The three of them stayed friends in that time hanging out, going for food, watching TV or chatting. But it was slightly before Thanksgiving that things ultimately changed. The cars were already packed. Galloway had helped and Meg was grateful for the extra hand. She knew that Galloway just wanted to spend some last-minute time with her son. And that was okay. They weren't moving out of any reason that involved the Conover house. Or at least that's what Maggie had said. Ethan's mother had managed to find a very well-paying job offer a few hours to the south, in a major city. Ultimately, it was a good thing. Financially, their life would no longer be a struggle. But Galloway and Ethan were stuck in their own fog of grief. This would be the last time that they would get to spend together. Though Ethan was a grown man, capable of making his own decisions, most of his independence was still new. He still needed his mother for many things, and she needed him. Especially after recent events. It was a move they'd make together, however reluctantly. Meg was waiting patiently in the car for the two to finish their goodbyes. Then it would really be over. They sat on the front steps of the Connolly house. The very same place that only months ago, a strong and outgoing woman with wild raspberry hair, torn jeans, and combat boots had sat down and said hi to a lonely young man. Neither of them spoke for a very long time, what felt like an eternity. They were both afraid that if they did, it would start the wheels turning to the final goodbye something they were both dreading. They stared down at their shoes. It's for the best, you know, Galloway said, trying to sound practical. But she instead sounded robotic and cold. Ethan didn't reply. It's best for both of us, she continued. You need to spend more time with your mom. And we were both going to eventually go in different directions with our lives. We kind of have to let each other go. Ethan didn't look at her. She felt a little hurt by that. But when she looked closer she understood why. He was crying. Come here, kid, Galloway said. She could hear Ethan sniffling and it broke her heart. Give me a hug. He threw his arms around her and they held each other for several long minutes. It wasn't long enough for either of them. She doubted no amount of time would ever be. She discreetly wiped her eyes so he wouldn't see the tears when she let him go. You remember how I like to read? He asked. Sometimes I get sad and cry when I finish reading a book. Because the characters become like my friends, and there won't be any more chapters that I'll get to spend time with them. His voice was quivering. Galloway didn't trust her voice not to break. She only nodded. This is like that, but way worse. Because you really were my friend. The best one I ever had. And now that story is over. It'll never be. She assured him. Because we'll always be friends. You can come visit whenever you want. And even if we don't see each other again, I will never forget you. I promise.
Every single day of my life, I'll take a few seconds to think about you and wonder where you are and how you're doing. And I'll smile remembering you. I'm not bullshitting either. I know I will. I will too. But our story won't be over, okay? He nodded, still sniffling. 1A The jitters that Ethan felt over the first day of school never changed, no matter how old he got. It was a trembling fear, combined with butterflies in his stomach, an urge to cry and a desperate hope that his future would be filled with wonderful friends and memories. On an impulse, shortly after the move, Ethan had applied to a local community college and been accepted. While most students started in the summer-slash-fall semester, he was beginning in the winter shortly after the holiday break. It was a welcome change Ethan had been in a fog for a long time. He missed Galloway and Quinn, but especially Galloway. That feeling hadn't faded since moving out. They kept in touch, but it wasn't the same. And now that feeling was worse than ever as he nervously walked into the lecture hall of the main building with his backpack slung over one shoulder. He felt as though he would have to wait the rest of his life, just to talk to Galloway about everything that's happened in the last few days. He wished that she was there to reassure him, but she wasn't. That reassurance would have to come from within. He checked his schedule for the hundredth time, and despite being meticulous, he'd accidentally walked into the wrong classroom twice. When he found the lecture hall, the professor was already in the process of taking attendance. He felt like a spotlight was cast on him the moment he walked in and all eyes glanced in his direction. He kept his head down and his shoulders hunched as he navigated the rows of desks. He managed to shuffle to an empty desk beside a rather attractive and slender brunette with long straight hair. She glanced at him, and suddenly Ethan was struck. Danny Esposito? His former neighbor from 1A. She offered him a polite smile that said she didn't recognize him. Danny? You go here? He was shocked. She looked momentarily confused. Then recognition flooded across her features. She had to do a double take. Ethan? Her high voice managed to whisper. Is that you? I didn't recognize you. Where are your crutches? For some wild and crazy reason, despite his usual tendency to be frank, he instead glanced at himself, then looked to the ceiling in feigned exasperation. Ugh. I knew I'd forget something today. She looked at him in disbelief, but started to snicker. They both had to keep their voices down to fend off the fit of giggles that was threatening to overtake them. When they settled, he whispered, I guess I won't be needing them anymore. I think we can guess why. Yeah, Danny said, her voice quieting down and becoming more serious. I guess we do. They sat together in class, and all throughout the course of the lecture, they were both sneaking little glances at each other. Towards the end of the class, as they sat taking notes, Ethan felt a nudge on his free hand. He glanced over and Danny was smiling at him. There was something in her expression. Then she laced her fingers through his. When the class ended, they were still holding hands. The end. This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. Visit the other channels for more stories with a different focus. Support us on Patreon to make requests for subjects you would love to hear. Thank you to those who have already reached out.